Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. November already, Veterans Day weekend. In studio with me is Rhode Island's Veterans Affairs Director, Kasim Yarn. Welcome back, Mr. Yarn. Thank you, Mr. Paul. Thanks Good. for having me. Last time I saw you, you had no beard. Are you growing a beard for a reason? I am growing a beard for No Shave November. Okay. Uh, honor our uh, men, uh, awareness for Cancer Awareness right. Month. And so I promised my wife that December 1st it goes, but I think it's uh, part of my civic duty is to create awareness and assist out where I can. You know, maybe I can catch up on that. I'll see, but uh, I didn't notice that. Uh, you are the state's Veterans Affairs Director. Yes, sir. Now, we have our own state operation. We also have the VA, which is the big federal big operation. VA. What's the difference between what you do and what they do? Although you work hand-in-hand on the case. Absolutely. Can't do this work without them. Our federal VA partners, they oversee the... Uh, VA healthcare system, yep. uh, the facility up in Providence, which is five star, uh, rave reviews. We also have our, under direct leadership of D- Director E.J. McQuaid, the Benefits Regional Office. Right. So the gateway to the hospital is through the Benefits Regional Office, where they sit down and walk you through your benefits based on your character of service and connect you through those resources. Right. They also provide the third mission, they've also provided resources for our cemetery in Exeter. Uh, and, of course, their fourth mission being civic duties, which we know that they were so right. so instrumental in supporting the work during COVID-19. All right. But you actually run the cemetery. Absolutely. That's a state operation. Correct. They Correct. assist you with that. But you run, you run the cemetery. You run the veterans home Absolutely. in Bristol. That's also a state operation. Absolutely. Correct? Absolutely. We get federal funding from both of those to, from both of those programs. Right. And what do you do as far as this gateway that you mentioned? Uh, when do people call you? When should a veteran call you versus when should they call the VA up on the hill? In, in, in a perfect world, I would like to set up a program to where they call us before they need us because okay. they don't know what they know in that regard to as well. You know, with our population, diverse population we have, we have on one end of the spectrum, 80% of our veteran population are over the age of 55. So we know we've got to make sure we take care of them on that side regarding our World War II, Korea, Vietnam era, first Gulf War. And then on the other end, we have our veterans that are coming back, transitioning back home as we speak. The post 9-11 experience. We got to make sure we reach out to them early and often. One example is that uh, every month we have what we call a transition assistance program, a TAP class. Uh, for the guard, we have soldiering for life, where we sit down with the veterans that are transitioning and we walk them through the various programs. I provide open remarks to engage with them, look each one of them in the eye, offer them some services, recommendations on my recommend my number to connect them with service before they transition. Doing a transition it can be a daunting task. We also message for our family members as well because they're right there in the trenches, right alongside their veteran mm-hmm. service member as well. Uh, for our and our VA partners are so critical in that mission to address the needs of our veterans at the national level. Let's just run through it. If you have a question about the VA cemetery in Exeter, which, by the way, is a beautiful place, I'm going to Thank ask you. you about the flags Absolutely. for this weekend. You call you. You call Absolutely. your office. Absolutely. If you have a question about the, the veterans' home in Bristol, that's a state operation. Correct. You call you. Correct. If you have a question about benefits that might be VA-related, but they can also call you because you know who to 
who, who speak to. Absolutely. Any service, if you are a veteran in this state, yeah. your number one advocate, to include your family's number one advocate, is my office. We're our okay. Office of Veteran Services. Our job is to intercede on your behalf to connect you with service providers while simultaneously making sure that our veterans' home, our cemetery, are maintained to the, up, making it to the utmost priority in this state. Now, uh, this is not news. You have a phone number and you have a website that's been up for a long time. Is that where you'd like people to start? Uh, that's one, that two efforts, uh, yeah. 401-921-2119. We were, during COVID, we were one of the first agencies to open our doors back up because we yeah. knew the importance of the ability to have our veterans and their families, the ability to walk into a facility to get assistance. We re revamped our website, vets.ri.gov. Mm -hmm. When I first took office, quite frankly, it was an abomination. If you can't ask, if, if I, how can I ask a veteran or family member to utilize something when a director himself can use it? So I had it literally nuked right. off the planet. We had two veterans, one from RISD, both uh -huh. from RISD, okay. to assist us, and we launched a new program back in 2017. It is literally the flagship of veteran websites across the nation. All right. Now, uh, you've, I had you on the radio before. Uh, before they call you, they really should make sure that they have their discharge papers, and there's a particular form that they need that's the key to unlock anything. Now, I know if they call you without it, you'll, you'll instruct them. Correct. But what is that key that they should have, any veteran should have to access so anything? So to all the loved ones and families out there, ask that veteran, first, of, course, of course, thank them for their service. Ask yep. them, do they have a copy of their DD-214? DD-214. Or if you're a Guard member, you're NGB-22. Okay. Those are two documents that are so critical because it enables us to take a look based on your character of service. We can identify resources and pathways to connect you with those very service providers. So that said, you have to have that have before to. you even start. Correct. And if you don't have those in your possession, consult my office and we can assist you in multiple ways to get you access to those documents. Okay. To get, uh, to get buried in the state cemetery in Exeter... You have to be a veteran, a veteran, a spouse veteran. of a veteran. Who else qualifies? And so what, what we've done now, because of what we know, realize through the work that we're doing, our Guard members are now eligible to be interred there under the Barrel Equity Act. Okay. Uh, it enforces opportunity based on their character of service, a uh, minimum of six years requirement, act due to time for the Guard service, and once they pass that requirement, they're eligible to be interred there. This was recently passed, legislatively passed, through the General Assembly, mm -hmm. the work of the Governor's Office this past year. So National Guard member who didn't do active service overseas with regular Army or regular Navy, whatever it is, is still, still eligible for burial. Absolutely, absolutely. We also changed our requirement to if you don't have to be a resident of this state anymore, if you're a resident okay. of Connecticut or Massachusetts, right. you want to be interred here in Rhode Island, we welcome with open arms as well. Maybe people have a summer home here. They just love Rhode Island, and they'd like to be laid to rest here. Uh, spousal benefits as well? Absolutely. Spouses, all a significant other, or and to include if you have a dependent that's of, of age in, in your care as well, yeah. they're also eligible to be interred at our cemetery also. And you have a new columbarium, or niches for the ashes. Correct. And so that was the first in a series of our expansion projects there to extend mm -hmm. the life expectancy of our cemetery to 75 to 100 years. Right. And the first step in a series was the first columbarium in its kind. We have just been in the process of finalizing the details to expand that in the coming years as well. Now, whenever I've been in the cemetery, I've been there on the holidays, and the flags look great. It's just a great place to go. Who puts those flags down? Is that you, or is that a volunteer group? That's our, it's a combination of both. Our, our team there consisting of 13 staff members there mm -hmm. this past year, uh, and we also have volunteers to come by the droves from anywhere from the middle schools to K-12 mm -hmm. to the higher ed to the various veteran service and military organizations. We normally flag that time during Memorial Day in that regard, too, but when you first come into the during Veterans Day, you will right. see some flags there 
they're processing through the main entryway. Okay, now let's move overseas, as we say, in Rhode Island. Let's, let's go to the East Bay. Bristol is the veteran's home. That's a state-run operation, and that's relatively new. How long has that been? To, About 2017. 2017. So Correct. That's, it's almost brand new. Correct. Uh, and that really is someplace because I've walked through there. Who's eligible to get in there? So our wartime veterans are eligible for that as well. Uh, Rhode Island residency has required also with that too. Minimum of 90 day requirement, active duty time along those lines. Okay. And so we have a, it is truly the crown jewel, the Ritz yeah. Carlton of Veterans <laughs> Homes. We have, Gene, this past year, we've had five other states in the process of developing their new homes and utilizing our state. Right. our veterans' home as the model for their home to which be built coming in the near future. Just go over those requirements again, wartime. Wartime veteran. We are setting up a, through the General Assembly, set up a separate list for those that are not wartime. They okay. serve nonetheless. Yeah. But it sends the right message to our residents, the veteran, that your service mattered, and you're also eligible to be a resident at the veterans' home uh, as well. So what, what do you think the chances of that passing? Because that, that would be significant. Oh, it is. It's, it's, it's still in, it, that's still in process uh, in work in the general assembly. No, they're not in session now, but when we come back in session, we try to take those matters up. And it just it's follows just, a logical question would be, do you think National Guard members at some point might be eligible well, for that? Is all, all, Absolutely. Is that also Absolutely. On the, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They serve active duty time, wartime. They're eligible to be, be a resident there. Uh, as well. Right. We have not seen the Guard members yet come through. We have seen them just starting to see them come through with the cemetery, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, we will be ready for them too as well when that time comes also. The biggest group that we're seeing, though, yeah. is our uh, Vietnam-era veterans. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see a shift, demographic shift, having more of those veterans uh, want to be a member, a resident at the, at the veterans' home. Well, I've toured it, and uh, every, every person there has their own suite, really. It's a bedroom with a little sitting area, uh, their own private bath. Absolutely. Uh, this, this is some place. Um, uh, meals during the day, snacks during the day. This is really quite a place. Now, I know that you said in the pandemic uh, you had COVID, like anybody else, run through there. How would you describe it? Is it more like an assisted living facility versus a nursing home or versus just someone's apartment? I, I would, call, would it call it a community, civic, a community living center yeah. uh, to where it really looks as though you're home in that regard to as well. The days of doing the institutionalized nursing facility yeah. are gone with the dinosaur. We know that uh, an aging population to address your need, it needs to be though as though it's your home. We offer this year too, we also free basic cable and internet services. Yes, that was I a know. major, major concern with the advocacies mm -hmm. as well as our residents. And through the work of the working collaborative together, we were able to get that over the finish line as well too. So full accommodations of our PT, physical health th uh, uh, issues that they may have, they get those resolved there in partnership with our federal VA partners every step of the way to assist us as needed. Right. So someone can come in there able-bodied. Absolutely. I just want a home. This is for me. This is all I need. Absolutely. Someone could come in there in need of a traditional assisted living services, med management, uh, PT, therapy right. like that. And do you also provide the extended nursing care? We do. And so in terms of we know that our veteran population, aging population, mm -hmm. but they're not, they're not leaving us. And so we get the total quality of care right. at this facility uh, to make their appointments. If they need PTOT, we offer those services there. Equin Aqua Therapy offered there as well. Right. Partnering with our federal hospital partners to assist the needs for mobility chairs work, yeah. uh, dental care, doing telehealth options from our facility there 
to our Providence VA team there as well. And it's tremendous, the technology that we're enhancing the experience of our veterans there at the uh, you Veterans You also Center. have a shuttle bus to take them out if they want. Uh, Absolutely. That's part of it too as well. And that's so tremendous to keeping. And also right. we invite our veteran service organizations, military organizations, to come and assist there too as well. We know that this time of year they want right. to love, to, like for example, one of the Elks Lodges, they love hosting mm-hmm. various events. American Legion, as example, yep. VFW, they've also hosted events to our veterans to come to their venues and we offer the soil service when we can support that. Okay, I know uh, when the Navy uh, midshipmen come in for Army Navy, that's a big deal for you. You're hosting them at the convention center. Uh, I also know you're an old Navy man yourself. Now, I only have about 30 seconds, but every time I'm with you, I love when you tell the story about how you signed up when you were how old? I was around 17, and I wasn't eligible to be uh, You were not yet. eligible. I was not eligible yet. And, uh, but I came on what we called the delayed entry program. Yeah. I told my mother. She was supportive. When I told my administration at the school, they were, they were flabbergasted. They were so upset with me. I thought they were going to throw me out of school because you were destined to go to college. How can you do this to yourself? But I need to serve my country. And, and I was able to do so. On the ship? On the shipboard, yes, absolutely. Four, so, so five, four deployments, each one of them challenging and daunting nonetheless. But at the end of the day, I serve my nation. And I'm here doing a better job of serving my, serving my veterans, well, our you, veterans. You've also served two governors. You were appointed by Gina Raimondo, and Governor McKee kept you on. Kasim Yarn, thanks for coming in. Have a good Veterans Day. Thank you, Mr. Moore. Always okay. a pleasure.